0: Welcome everybody, this is Dennis Taylor and we are live, we are live for podcast episode number 14. I'm excited to be here, I'm excited to, to get into this, finally, man, it's a, it has been took a little bit to get this going today, but I'm excited to be here, I'm excited to share with you what I have, life is funny, it's really funny. Today was kind of a weird day. Woke up later than I, about 20 minutes later than I normally wake up and just was dragging a little bit tired this morning and we went for a walk and when we went for a walk Denny my boy uh, was riding his bike and uh, riding that bike the training wheels weren't right and so we went back to the house we went a little ways and we went back to the house to get some tools to fix the training wheels well when I fixed them I put them too tight or too tall and then when he was pedaling, the bike wasn't going. So that wasn't working. So then I got some wheels to fix it, but then his pedal kept falling off. And so I had to fix his pedal. And it was just like one thing after another, just to get a walk around the block. Then I get to the house and we had got some, uh, a food service in the mail and the foods were not vacuum sealed. So I had to deal with that problem. Then I started working on the podcast today and I started I'd already thought about it, what I was going to do. And I was kind of fleshing it out, uh, putting the infrastructure, the bones of the content today. And I wrote everything down. I had a very good kind of a flow that I was going to talk about. And somehow or another, it got deleted in my notes app in my phone. And this happened yesterday also. So I'd worked pretty long time and I was like, holy crap. Like, I can't just be keep writing this stuff and fleshing out these notes and then they're deleting on me. I can't do that. And so uh, you got to be smarter. And I guess, snap, I don't know. You got to be smarter. Uh, I have no idea. I don't know. So here's what we'll do. We're going to jump in today's episode. I'm excited to share this one because this one is actually kind of a hits close home to me. Um, This one, today's episode, which is number 14, is growing yourself and growing your family. Okay, I really believe in this one. What I'm talking about here, I have experience with it and it's going to be a tough one because it's going to ruffle feathers, it's going to make people feel bad because when you're exposed, you do feel bad. When you're exposed, you feel bad. Um there's no way around that. When you don't feel good because light shines on you, you get defensive. You get emotional and it's hard to accept the words. So I'm just going to get in. I really don't care uh, who I offend or not. I hope this helps. I really do because I really believe that what I'm about to. Okay, so growing yourself grows your family. What do I mean by that? You're the most important person in your family. You are the person that's listening to this. You are the most important person in your family and you have to have that mindset. You're the most important. What do I mean by that? I don't mean in a selfish way that the world revolves around you and everybody revolves around you and people wait on you hand, hand and foot and you're the king or queen of your domain and everyone else is your loyal subjects. I don't mean it like that. I mean in a selfless way, in a way where you're the most important because you truly do have the ability to have the most impact on your family. You, the one that's listening to this, because you wouldn't be listening to stuff like this unless you wanted more, unless you wanted to grow, etc. You can have the most important and the most impact on your family. That's why you're the most important person. Because you have the potential to impact them in a greater and a deeper way than anybody else. You do. The family unit in our society, in our modern society, and and I'm gonna speak for America because that's where I live. In the US of A, it's struggling. The family unit is struggling, it's sick, it's hurt. It's got a lot of symptoms. The families in America are eroding. You can see it in the children. You can see it in the parents. And I'm not going to sit here on a soapbox and say that my family isn't struggling or that we don't have problems or that we're perfect. We're not. We're far from it. But an observation around America would clearly point that that's the issue. That the family unit is struggling. Deeply struggling. Our world is changing so quickly that we're not keeping up to it. We're just reacting. We're not being proactive to it. We're reacting to the the speed of the world. And we've left a lot of things that should be our main focus by the wayside. And I think it started 40, 50 years ago. We're going to get into that, but... What we're going to talk about today is how you can grow yourself and in turn grow your family, right? It's like hitting two birds with one stone. Growing yourself is vitally important. And at the same time, you can grow your family too. And I'm going to talk about that cuz you are the most important person because you're the only body, you're the only person you can control. You only have control over yourself. So you are important because your actions have reactions and consequences. So that has a lot of importance. You have to grow yourself first. I wrote this down. It got deleted, but I remembered it because it's as important. I think that there's a fatal error that's been made in the family unit. There's a fatal error that has been put out there. And this fatal error is pouring everything into your children or your spouse before you pour into yourself. It's a fatal error for the family unit. When you give everything that you have for your kids, for your children, or for your spouse before you put anything into yourself, it's fatal. It destroys the family unit in America, in the world. And I think that this pattern came about I don't know, maybe 30, 50 years ago. And you see it with a lot of millennials that come up and and the baby boomer, as they started growing, they kept pouring everything into their kids, making all their decisions based on their kids. They neglected themselves first. And it it puts so many deep conscious, subconscious patterns in raising a family in society that It's caused fatal results. The family units are not strong. The family units are not connected anymore. Some of that could be technology. Some of it could be other reasons. But I just feel like there has to be this focus on balancing and optimizing your life first. There is this balancing there. And so when I say it's a fatal error, think about it. They even have, it's called emptiness syndrome, right? When you have these couples that have poured everything into their kids, they haven't worked on themselves or they haven't worked on their relationship. When the kids leave for college, the relationship's basically over. The love is gone. The emotion, the fire, the passion of when they were married was gone. It's fatal. Because what you've done over the last 18 years is you've shown a model. That just continues to be taught, and it's damaging. It's damaging. So I'm going to talk about some things. I'm going to talk about focusing and balancing your life. Because when you grow yourself, there will be an effect that will grow the family unit stronger. It will grow your children better. It will help your spouse more. And I've experienced that because I've lived both sides where we poured everything into the wife, poured everything into the kids, and then realized that, wow, I got to focus on me too because I'm important in this equation. You're important. If you're watching this, you're important in this equation. You're the most important in this equation because you have the ability to affect change the most. And if you don't feel like you do, it's probably because you don't have balance in your life. So I'm going to give you some key quick tips and I'm going to talk about balancing these buckets that I talk about, your health, your work, your happiness. So I'm going to just hit on them. I believe that the first thing you need to do to start growing yourself and helping your family is focusing on your health. It can't be avoided. Not at all. So there's two major problems in the family unit. Two. There are other problems for sure, but there's two major problems that I see that I want to talk about because these rub me wrong the most. Two major problems in the family unit is the dad bod and mothers who let themselves go after they have their children. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to start with the dad bod. Ooh. The dad bod is... The ultimate exercise in selfishness. You're the most selfish person that's alive in your family when you have the dad bod. It's an exercise in gluttony, being gluttonous, indulgence, eating whatever you want, doing whatever you want. Because you're not exercising. You're not doing anything hard. You're not disciplining yourself. The dad bod is not sexy. The dad bod is a sign of unhealthiness. The dad bod is a sign of sickness. It's not healthy. It's not funny. It's disastrous. And it has a profound effect on your family and your genetics. Do you know that when you're having kids, the shape that you're in when you conceive gets sent in your DNA? went to conceive that child. So literally you can be in great shape. Let's say you're in great shape. First baby, you're in boom. You got married. You, you, you worked out. You got your, you're good, man. You got abs. You got your muscles going. Boom. You conceived the DNA that you sent to that living organism, the life, the baby is going to have certain characteristic traits off the father and the mother for sure. But then let's say you you started living life and you let the dad bod creep in and you're super unhealthy with a super fat belly because you drink beers and you're just gluttonous. And you have child number two and you conceive child number two. The DNA that you sent to that child will be different in some aspects. It, It matters what shape you're in. The dad bod is an ultimate exercise in low self-respect. You don't respect yourself enough to take care of yourself. You have no respect for the vessel that you were given on this planet, the one, that, the only one that you get. I don't have the dad bod. I'm not built that way, but I, I was skinny fat. And maybe you don't have a dad bod, but you're skinny fat, and you don't work out, and you don't eat the right foods. Well, uh, no care for your health impacts your family and it's selfish because you're not caring for your health, which means you're not going to live longer, which means you're not going to be able to pour more into yourself and and then as a result, pour out into your kids. You're not going to be able to experience more experiences with your kids because you just, you don't have energy. You have low levels of energy because of your health. It impacts your family. The dad bod is not effing funny. It's disastrous. It's a model you're showing that's not funny. It's not a meme. It's not a joke. It's a pattern that it's okay to be unhealthy, to eat whatever you want, drink a lot of beer, smoke cigarettes, chew tobacco, just be gluttonous, whatever indulgence you want to, all the candy, all the sugar you can imagine. Okay, you're making money. You're paying the bills. That's not the highest virtue of being a provider. That's a low virtue. Most people can have a job and work. That's only one aspect. If that's the only aspect that you got nailed down is that you're a good provider, you're a low-level h- husband and father for sure. There's other levels. The dad bod is horrible. It needs to go. It needs to be shamed away because... Why do you want to show your kids how to be unhealthy when there's such an easy path to being healthy? That's the first problem is the dad bod. The second problem is the moms who let themselves go. And I know this could probably cause a lot of controversy or stir up a lot of feelings, right? I've got it. It's a sensitive subject. Moms who gain all this weight during their pregnancy, then they have the babies and then they're not the same. You can go back and look at the people you went to high school with. They're not the same. A lot of them are heavier. A lot of moms who've had multiple babies have not been able to let the weight go. But it's not because they can't. I don't believe that at all. It's not genetic. That if you were skinny in high school, then you had a couple babies, you popped them out, and then uh, now you're big. And it's not that I don't have sympathy or compassion. I just don't believe the bullshit lies about it. If you were healthy growing up, you can get back to that. It's sensitive, this subject, because there's a lot of emotions wrapped into this. A lot of regret, a lot of envy, a lot of resentment, low self-respect. People want, you could say that they want to go back, but then they're not doing any steps to actually do that. Listen. If you're going to have a child and let's say you're pregnant. I don't understand. I've never been pregnant, but I've seen my wife. If all you eat is cheeseburgers and fast food all the time, you're going to gain weight. There's nothing around that that can stop that. If you eat junk food, crappy food, think about what you're doing. That's what you're feeding that life that's inside of you, have enough respect for the baby that you're growing to put good food in you. You can afford it if you can afford fast food. I have a lot of respect for my wife, a lot. But I told her when she got pregnant with our children, you're going to put good nutrition in your body because that's my baby in there. You're going to respect my child and yourself enough and we're going to put good nutrition. Now, do we have cheat days? For sure. Do we eat a little bit of ice cream and cupcakes and stuff like that? For sure, but we don't make it a habit. We eat good, healthy food, and it tastes good because that's what our taste buds like. You're setting a a pattern for your family if you choose to be unhealthy and choose to put shit food in your body. And these are two serious problems in the family unit. They affect way more than you know, because when you don't feel good, your brain doesn't work good. When you don't eat well, your brain doesn't work well. So you can't avoid these things. So those are two problems I have in the family unit, because you're an example. I am going to talk about it. So the first thing that we're going to talk about, and that was part of it, is the physical part of your health. So in these buckets, you have health the work of your life and your happiness. And there could be more, but these are what I like to focus on. In your health, there's your physical health, right? You need to eat clean, whole foods. Stay away from refined foods. Refined carbohydrates are probably the worst thing that you can put in your body. And sugars. Sugar and refined carbs lead to obesity and diabetes. I don't care what you say. There's so much science that backs it. Once the refined carbs and the sugars enter any population, there's a, a correlated increase in uh, obesity and di- and diabetes. Kids today eat sugar on average, touch sugar in their body on average every two hours. The 1940s, 1950s, it was like once a week. One sugar exposure a week. Now it's like two a uh, sugar exposure every two hours. Why do you think there's a correlating rise in childhood obesity. That's ridiculous that there's so many kids having type two diabetes in America and type one. And then you got all the, I think it was like one in three adults have, uh, are either on the verge of obesity or, I mean, on the verge of diabetes or have type two diabetes. You can eat clean and reverse that stuff. There's studies. I'm not speaking from what I don't, what I haven't read and haven't learned. Eat clean foods, whole clean foods. Cut out as much sugar as possible and cut out the refined carbs. And it's super hard for cultures because they build it deep in. These refined carbs are probably some of the worst stuff that you can put in your life. Stop tying satisfaction to foods. Oh, I got to get this or I got to get that. No, that shouldn't be your satisfaction. Your satisfaction should be doing other things in your life. I know for one, we've switched over to a ketogenic diet lifestyle. I I'm not I'm not dieting. I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm actually not losing weight. I'm gaining muscle mass and I'm losing fat. But I'm a positive gain here so far on the month we've been doing this. Um When we eat, at first when we ate these foods, I still had sugar cravings when we switched over to ketogenic, which is a low carb, very low carbs. Like I don't eat bread. I don't eat tortillas and I love bread and sandwiches and I love tortillas or I did. But we'll use coconut flour, almond flour, and it tastes good. Uh, we eat a lot of wheat protein. We eat spinach a lot, broccoli, asparagus. And we eat good cuts of meat that have fat in them, that taste well. We 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 use Kerrygold butter on a lot of stuff. I feel wonderful and I've lost weight in my fat and I've gained it way more in my muscle. It's been amazing. It's It's curbed all of my... Uh, cravings for carbs and sugars. I don't even crave it. None. And that's not an exaggeration. I don't. Bianca had her birthday last week. There's a piece of cake in the fridge. I haven't even went for it at once. No, because I'm full. I'm satisfied. I'm satiated. This is the first diet lifestyle eating where when I eat the food, I actually feel like I'm good. Like I don't need more. You don't need, you won't overeat steak. You're not going to overeat meat. You're not gonna overeat on this diet. It's open my mind. It's not for everybody. There's studies on that that it's not for everybody based on some genetic genes that people have. But it's a good, I like it. You should look into it. Um, another thing on the physical is you should exercise consistently. You should. It's good to challenge yourself. If you're not challenging yourself, your brain's not gonna work as well. So if you're not growing as a human and growing your health is a good is a good example becoming healthy. That's a growth. If you were unhealthy and you want to become healthy, that's a growth because there's a lot of discipline. There's so many uh, virtues and and characteristics that you could teach your kids in that. And exercise. Exercise is tough. But challenge, grow yourself. The second uh, thing is the mental, right? How can you grow your family in a positive way when all you consume is talk radio or radio, sports, or sports radio, TV shows and games. That right there is one of the main causes of the decline of the family unit. You're only putting shit garbage in your mind all day. Social media all day, come home, listen to whatever on the way home, TV, games, more movies, until you crash out and go to bed and you do it all over again, years and years and years, and it's just like gunk. It's like build up in your car engine and just, it's dirty up in your mind, right? How are you going to instill virtues and high qualities of the characters in human life if you're feeding your brain garbage all day? You have to nurture and guard your mind. You have to, and you have to guard it closely. You have to be the gatekeeper of your mind and allow things to come in and control that. I like watching TV, I like movies. We don't have a cable subscription. We have Netflix, we have a fire stick. And I I like a movie from time to time, but there's just sometimes in my life when I don't have time to watch a movie. I've got other things I'm doing. I like to listen to podcasts more. I like to listen to informative podcasts that I'm growing and learning from. I just, I don't understand. How can you tell your kids to study subjects in school? So your kids are in school and you're telling them study hard, study hard, but you as an adult study nothing. And they see that. And you're a effing hypocrite to them as they grow up as a teenager. They're like, uh, so my parents are telling me I need to study a, a subject I don't like and I'm bored of. They study nothing. All they do is entertain themselves all day. You don't think they see that? You think your kids are stupid? You're showing them a pattern by your behavior. Kids aren't dumb. They have access to way more knowledge than we ever had. They're not idiots. They see your actions and behavior. They don't listen to your words. So that's the mental aspect. You got to guard what you put in your mind and you're, And you're showing your kids what you're doing. And if you're constantly just working entertainment, you work all day, you come home, you have to be entertained. I've got to play my Madden or I got to play my Xbox or I got to play my Fortnite or whatever it may be. You got to play something. Then you got to watch movies, eat, watch movies again, or everyone's eating around the couch watching TV. That's probably one of the worst things you can do as a family and not, we eat at the table. We shut electronics off. We spend that time together. That was a crux and foundation of the family unit in our country some time ago. And sometimes it's got lost with TV dinners and eating around the TV. So when you do that, you do know that that's what you're teaching your kids is the social norm. You're teaching your kids that that's how they should raise their kids when they grow up is around entertainment. You should eat around entertainment. Where's the human connection, the personal touch, talking to each other? You don't think of that shit, but it's real. Okay, so the third aspect of a health is your spiritual health. I'm going to be very clear on this because I've heard it personally another way. You cannot give your family or your children their faith. You cannot give your kids their faith. Faith is individual. Faith is personal. We have to use our will to choose to believe. That's the whole point of spiritual faith is it's an individual will to believe or not to believe. We can't control what our kids and our spouse and our family believes. That's delusional. If you feel like you have the control to make them believe or make them have faith, I've heard it personally. I gave my kids faith. No, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. You can't give your kids faith. Of course, we have influence on what they do and where they go, but we can't make them do anything. But we can't make them, well, we can make them go with us, right? But we can't make them engage. We can't make them believe. We can't make them have faith. That's delusional if you feel like that. We do have an influence, of course, because we take them with us. They hear us. They see patterns, right? You know, everything's a pattern, right? All we can do as adults and people is strengthen our spiritual walks, whatever that may be. For me, it's with the Lord. I strengthen my relationship with the Lord daily, and it's a practice. It never ends. All I can do is strengthen that walk and be a pattern for my kids. And I won't be uh, dogmatic. I won't be rigid. I won't be ritualistic. And I won't be stale or stuffy with it. I don't like that. Because I have a relationship with the Lord. And a relationship, probably by definition, that it's living. And it's it's it's, it's uh, dynamic. It's not stuffy. I want to enjoy it. I like to enjoy relationships. So I enjoy my relationship with the Lord. And I hope my kids can see a pattern of a person who's walking in his faith, enjoying it. And I'm talking real enjoyment. I'm not talking words. Like the joy of my heart in my actions and what I'm doing. I'm excited to jump into the word and to ministry. I'm excited inside, not not necessarily always outside. I'm a pattern because I realize that. That's why you're the most important person in your family because you're a pattern. So when you take care of your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health, you're a pattern. That's why you're so damn important. And if you don't see that, you're blind. That's why you have to focus on yourself and not your kids. That's why you have to focus on yourself and not your spouse. And I'm not saying don't focus on your kids and don't focus on your spouse, but you have to be the first. You have to eat first. You have to put the mask on in the airplane first to make sure that you can take care of them. If you're not taking care of yourself first, you can't take care of your kids properly. You can't take care of your spouse properly. We're like a good, a good analogy would be like, we're like an, a water pitcher, a pitcher of water, right? Uh, a, a, A container of water. When we fill that container up, the more we fill it up at some point, it's going to overflow. And if we're, if we're using an analogy of a pitcher, our kids are in direct contact with us all the time. So is our spouse. So that means that their pitcher is right next to ours, like touching. So if you can imagine however many kids, plus your wife, there's a bunch of pitchers. And just imagine that they're all like duct taped, like you're in the middle and they're all duct taped around you like a solar system, basically. They're they're around you and they're touched to you. You duct tape the out. I got two kids and a wife, so there's three and I'm in the middle. So that would be duct taping and all create almost looking like a triangle, but it would be a bunch of circles, right? Once I fill myself up all the way, I'm going to pour out, it's gonna overflow. And part of that water is gonna get into their picture. That's the impact. So that's your health. That's only one aspect of your life, to have a balanced and optimized life, to grow, to grow your family, to grow yourself. One of them is you got to pursue the work of your life. I've talked about this. I'll talk about it forever till I'm blue in the face. Are you pursuing the work that you're called for? And I don't know what it is. Yours is different. I'm pursuing mine. Yours can be a job. It could not be a job. It could be something you do after your job, something that you love and that you pursue. That's a work. And I'm talking about work, not a hobby here. Like what, what what, drives you? What pushes you inside? What do you feel like you were always meant to do? The collateral damage or effect doesn't have to be negative, but it could cause damage isn't always negative. The, that effect of you pursuing what you love is infinitely more powerful than rules and restrictions you put on your family. When you pursue what you love and your kids see that, when they see their parents pursuing what they love, what do you think it does? More children and kids in this society in America particularly, they need to see their parents pursuing what they love. And what's their what's their purpose? More kids need to see that. This is this is a great teacher on so many different levels when the kids see the parents doing what they love. Because there's so many virtues that go around that pursuit. It's inspiring to see mommy and daddy struggling, achieving, and pursuing that work of their life. Because it is a struggle, especially if it's not your job. But even if it is your job, it's still a struggle. Because the struggle is good. We need struggle as humans to grow and our brains to expand. It's inspiring to see mommy and daddy be like that. It's definitely inspiring. The last thing would be happiness. This is the last part of the balancing of your life and optimizing your life. If more kids saw their parents happy, saw their parents fulfilled, the future would be so bright but in our society and what we've built with what we focus on and what our priorities are, they don't see that. A lot of people are so unhappy because they can't find a happiness in a smile. They can't find happiness in an experience. Right? So I, I write here, focus on gaining experiences with your family. You have to focus on that. You got to gain experiences and it doesn't have to be, correlated with a monetary value, right? It doesn't have to be, well, we can't do anything because we don't have any money. That is the weakest mind ever. That's why, for one, probably why you don't have money. Two, going to the park is free. Going out into nature is free. Walking together is free. Spending time playing a board game is super cheap now. If you focus on gaining experiences with your family, your happiness will go up. And it has a collateral effect. It increases your children's awareness of life and it increases their life experiences and perspective. One thing my dad did when we were young, he used to drive us around central Mexico. We never went to like Mexico city, but we went to Chihuahua, Durango, Pural, uh, Monterey. We went to uh, so many places, all the way to Mazatlan. We went to a lot of places. We visited a lot of towns. We spent a lot of time in the summers in Mexico and I had an, ex- and, and I have a different perspective than people who've never been there. I've seen what other life is. And I've seen what true poverty is. I've seen what it's like. It's devastating. I have different, pers- uh, experiences, but st- spending time with your family, unencumbered by this hectic, busy life is a way to build those experiences. Detach for a little bit. Go have experience with your family. It'll increase your happiness and it'll impact your kids more than you know. Because when you start accumulating those experiences and those times with them, with your family, y'all are all going to grow. And you're going to be depositing into this bank account that's going to yield dividends for life. But the reality is most adults... Are too busy to make a change. Oh, I'm too busy, man. I'm too busy. They're lying to themselves. They've got time. They spend too much time on their phones. In reality, this me now culture, instant gratification culture, this all consuming digital technological world, priorities are wrong. People's priorities are wrong. They're missing the mark, and it's so simple to switch that direction. You can change the direction of your life in an instant. But we live in a culture that's like a melting pot of gluttony, consumption, lies. We're not even being honest with ourselves because we're all created in this great image, this greatness, the divinity. We all have greatness within us, but we don't touch it. We don't tap it because we're weak. And we don't just follow the simple principles to correct. If we're not growing and if you're not growing, what are you teaching your kids? What are you teaching your children? You're teaching them it's okay to give up in life. It's okay not to grow. It's not okay not to grow. It's not okay and it's weak. And it's devastating for the future because Everything that you're doing is being constantly watched and monitored and analyzed by your children. And they're taking notes. And that's how they learn how to treat people. The way you treat people is how they learn. The way that you treat yourself is how they learn how to treat themselves. They're always learning. The best way to learn is watch other people. And that's what they're doing and they're absorbing all that. And you're just giving them shit. Shitty decisions upon shitty decisions. Crap is what you're giving. A bunch of garbage. Because you're just not awake. Or you don't want to be awake. Because it's not hard to grow. It's not hard to live a good life that's full of fulfillment, and happiness. Right? Children learn significantly more, significantly more from watching what you do. Rather than listening what you say. They watch your actions. Kids do. They did it in my classrooms when I taught. They they listened to me, but they will watch how I was. Cause they would tell me, Why am I gonna listen to this coach? He's fat. He's telling me I need to work out and all this. And that dude's fat. I'll listen to you, coach. Cause when I was coaching, I was in shape. I was, because I wasn't gonna sit there and tell them to be running laps. I ran with them. I worked out with them. I jumped in within the drills in basketball. I would if they put up a weak shot, I'd slap it out of there. And then I'd yell in their face like, booyah, get that garbage out of here. You're going to come weak. It's going to get stuffed. Because I'm going to tell them by my actions how to be. So I'm going to finish up with these lists on what we're teaching them. Are we teaching our kids self-respect? I believe some people are, most aren't. How can you teach your kids self-respect when you don't respect your own self? You don't respect your body. You don't take care of it. You don't respect yourself. Quit lying to yourself. How can we teach them self-respect if the pattern doesn't fit what we're saying? Respect yourself enough to take care of your damn self. Get your health in order. Good gosh. Are we teaching our kids discipline? Are we disciplined? Being healthy is a discipline. Working on the side after your job, on the work of your life, that's a discipline. Are we teaching our kids that stuff? I hope one day my kids can go, I saw the discipline my dad had and it impacted my life. And I've used that pattern to be a disciplined individual to get to where I want in this world. That for me would make me a happy father. Are we teaching our kids patience? I would tell you no, because kids are not patient. So that goes back to, are we patient people? Are we patient adults? Do we get frustrated when the Wi-Fi breaks? Do we get frustrated when stuff doesn't load fast enough? Do we get frustrated when things don't happen quickly enough? Are we patient? Do we work on our patience? Do we have patience in seeing something through? Or are we always quitting and starting over? I would say the majority is no. But you want your kids to be patient, so you scream at them, be more patient! Gosh, why don't you have patience? But then you don't have patience yourself. They see through the hypocrisy. Like they have a hypocrisy meter like you can't imagine. I know I talked to the teenagers at school. They see it. They would tell me how hypocritical their family was, how hypocritical the teachers and and everybody was. They would say one thing and do another. Are we teaching our kids determination? Kind of goes with, patience right this determination to see it through even if it's difficult or hard because we need to be doing hard stuff so are we determined and do we determine to change our lives and we and we and we give that that example to our kids what about humility are we humble i'll be the first to admit i am an imperfect human i will never be perfect I have a lot of faults. I try to work on them. But are we humble in our defeats? Are we humble in our wins? Are we sharing this pattern with our children and making humble in humility? They're just people. I mean, believe humility is something that is lost, but it's a virtue that I I think is attractive to people because when you can sit there and say, I haven't attained and I won't attain. I, I, I try, I struggle, I fail. I think that's the more, that's real. Or we teaching our kids love? A simple, a simple check on this is most people love their spouse. They love them. That's their spouse. But how often do they express that love around their children? I tell my wife all the time that I love you more than I love my kids. and That will never change. I chose my wife. I didn't choose my kids. My kids were a byproduct of our love. I love her way more than I love my kids. And I love my kids like more than I can imagine. So that just blows my mind. My wife is going to be with me for the next 60 years. Plus probably by the time in 60 years, the technology be there, people probably live until they're 150. I love my wife the most. And I try to share with her that. I want my kids to see that. I want my kids to go, man, my dad loves his wife. My mom loves my dad. They're always affectionate with each other. They're always loving each other. And then I try to tell my kids how much I love them. Even when I'm mad at them, even when they frustrate me, I want my kids to to know that I love them because those are patterns of love. And I always, uh, I want to treat my wife the best because for one, I want my son to see how it is to treat a woman. And the same with my wife. I want her to treat me in a certain way where she's a pattern for how my, my daughter should treat her future husband. And I want to be a man who's striving for greatness so that my daughter has a high expectation of who her future spouse would be. Same with my wife. I want her to be reaching for her greatness so that my son is like, well, I'm not going to settle for someone who's less than my mom. My mom is a good pattern. Are we teaching our kids compassion, having feelings, sensitivity for others? What about the art of fulfillment? Are we showing our kids how to be fulfilled? Or are we just living in this gratification, this instant gratification? What about true fulfillment where we're happy? Where at the end of the day we're full because we lived a full day. Day is life is weird. You only you're here this day, like we have like one day here. It is true, tomorrow isn't guaranteed, but like in the moment that you're in in the day, it's like it's like a filling of an hourglass. Like we have this day and We can live this life and we could go, I want to be fulfilled today, not in the future. Like today, how do I be fulfilled? What am I chasing? What am I doing? Is it fulfilling me? Are we teaching that to our kids by living it? What about proper communication? The way that we communicate with people, are we spending time communicating with our kids? Are we talking to our kids? Are we reading and learning how to communicate, increasing our vocabulary? Are we doing the same with our kids? I don't know. This might be deep. Exposing, I don't know, just thoughts I have because I think that this stuff is important. I believe most parents are struggling, and the family unit is struggling because the parents are struggling to keep their head above water. They're not balanced, and they're not focusing on themselves first above all things. They're they're kind of checking out mentally because life is tough and they're not strong enough to sit in that toughness and realize that if it's hard for you and you've got a family and life sucks, you have to literally sit there and realize that you are where you are because of the accumulation of the actions and the decisions you've made in your adult life. If you can't have that personal responsibility to realize that, that you're there because of you, that's it. Not your mommy, not your daddy, not the government, not anybody else, not a boss, not an employer, nothing. You're the accumulation of your actions and decisions. Once you can come to that realization, lights can start shining inside your being. And it's hard to focus when life sucks. But it's easy to focus when you're growing. So there's like a paradox there. You could take one step forward today and then one tomorrow, and then one the next day, and just keep doing it every day, monetarily, maybe nothing changes. Maybe situations at your job don't change, but you as a person start to grow. You start to become more. You start focusing on yourself. But I'm not saying neglect everybody else. You focus in on yourself as a collateral damage around everybody around you, as a collateral effect. If you don't focus on yourself, it has a collateral effect too. You're teaching patterns to your children, to your family. Focus on yourself for a little bit, but not neglecting your family. right? Focus on being the best dad. Focus on being the best husband. Focus on being the best employee. Focus on growing. Figuring out how you can live this balanced life. I hope that if you're listening to this, there's something pulling on your heart, that there's something inside of you that it confirms what I said. And you make a change. That's what I want in this life, is to help people awake. I want to help them in this awakening, this growth, to become more, to do more, to impact future generations through the family unit. It's so powerful. I already know my kids. I'm going to leave them with such a pattern. So much virtues I'm going to leave them with. They will be prepared. My kids will rise above. They'll be the cream of the crop. Not because I willed it or I forced them to do this or that. Because they saw their dad do this or that. They saw their mom do this or that. They're inspired. They have deep patterns and deep neuro associations to what it really means to have all those virtues that I just shared. Self-respect, discipline, patience, determination, humility, love, compassion, the art of fulfillment, communication, and so many more. I get emotional talking about it because I can't give my kids a lot and I won't, I'll make them work for it. But I can be a pattern. I can fill myself first and overflow to them. Ladies and gentlemen, that is episode number 14. Growing yourself grows your family. Love your family enough to make yourself the most important person in it. And by that, flow out to them to help them grow. A rising tide lifts all ships. You be the rising tide. You be the one who's growing. Be the infectious one that puts something in their in their belly to want more also. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, hit me up. You can reach me on any social media, Dennis Ray Taylor or Dennis Taylor. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what your thoughts are, your inputs, your outputs, and I appreciate you and we will see you on the next one.